0: Late last year, I was quoted in an article Clavio wrote about the importance of omnichannel marketing for e-commerce businesses. And when they reached out for my input, my mind went flooding back to my corporate days and the struggle we often had when trying to implement these campaigns. While being a small business as a one person show or only with a small team can feel stressful and overwhelming. Having larger teams with different people working in each department comes with its own set of challenges. The biggest one we faced and what my role was when I wasn't being pulled in 1200 other directions was bringing all of the department initiatives together and disseminating that to our marketing channels for any given campaign. Now, before we get into the details of what this looks like and how to implement it in your own business, let's talk about why this is even important, especially as we move into 2023. As we know, it takes a minimum of seven touches, probably more now, for a customer to take action on something we're asking them to do or purchase a product. And that's part of the reason why I teach you how to do the perfect product launch, because it's not just showing up on launch day asking someone to buy your stuff. We have to prep and prime them to buy way before we're actually going to ask them for the sale the same is true for any marketing campaign you create in your e-commerce business and the more intentional and dialed in your strategy is the more impactful it will be when your customers are receiving cohesive messages across all the different touch points they have with your brand think of it like a pinball machine they're going to get to those seven touch points a lot faster once you couple that with the actual customer journey and you're using data to drive the messaging that's when it becomes true omni-channel marketing and where the magic happens. So let me give you an example of what an omnichannel marketing strategy would look like in real life. And I pulled this example right from the Clavio blog post I was quoted in. So I'll stick a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. This customer's name is Casey. Her dog ate her reading glasses and she needs a new pair so she asks a friend at work where she got hers and decides to check out the brand. She searches Google and finds the brand's website and starts browsing. She uses some of the filters on the website, but doesn't find anything she wants. A week later, Casey sees an ad on Instagram from the brand, but she's not into the color of the glasses that are featured, so she doesn't engage with that ad. A few days later, Casey bumps into that coworker, the one who initially recommended the brand. And while they didn't talk about it specifically, it did remind her of those glasses. So she goes back to their website and signs up for their email and SMS list to get a discount. She receives the offer, but she's still not sure which pair she wants, so she keeps on browsing. Eventually, she does find a pair that she likes, adds them to her cart, But then she starts to second guess and wonders if she should be buying glasses that she hasn't tried on in person, even if she does have a discount. Next, she starts receiving abandoned car emails. This also has a discount, but it's not quite enough to convince her to buy online based on the price of the item. She considers going to this company's brick and mortar location so she can try them on in real life, but there isn't a store in her neighborhood and she's just not sure if it's worth the trip so she thinks eh, I'll just get something at a local store. A few days later Casey receives a direct mail booklet from the brand that highlights the benefits of their glasses and lets her know that they also carry contacts. This is pretty intriguing. Intriguing enough that she decides she'll take a trip to the store. She has a great experience in person, buys a pair of glasses, and the associate signs her up for a contact lens subscription. Then a few weeks later, Casey receives an email about a promotion that's happening, and she decides that she's going to snag those sunglasses she's been checking out. As you can see, Casey has had multiple touch points with the brand over multiple different channels. Word of mouth, Google search, the brand website, an Instagram ad, SMS and email, direct mail, in person, and finally email again. So there's a couple of things we should talk about here. This is a very in-depth and intentional strategy with multiple touch points. And in practice, it's actually a bit easier to pull off because they basically only sell two products, glasses and contacts, and they're solving a problem the customer already knows they have. But that doesn't mean you can't implement a simplified version of this and slowly add in more channels or that you can't make it work if you have a wider assortment of products. So let's walk through another example from a client of mine. Nicole and I have been teaming up to run her marketing and ad strategy. Her main customer touch points and marketing channels are her in-person spa, her website and blog, email and Instagram. Ads are also happening, but at the time of running this campaign, they were mostly focused on lead generation and maybe a smidge of remarketing, but it wasn't really considered when we were planning this out. For Q4, she decides to focus on selling her at-home LED light therapy products. These are a bit on the expensive side, and since they're not quite as mainstream as, say, a sheet mask, it requires a bit of education. This campaign all started with a blog post about LED light therapy. The blog post gave her the opportunity to educate people on the value and results of these products, to show her expertise as a trained esthetician, and gave us a place to send all of the website traffic we were creating for this campaign. Then a few weeks before her Black Friday promotion, we started sending emails and creating content educating people on the power of led light therapy and then directing them back to the blog post she also re-merchandized the products in her spa to feature these items and made them a focus of conversation for her employees and this content wasn't all business in fact her blog post started with the sentence I didn't wear a Halloween costume this year, so I decided to wear my LED mask when I opened the door to trick-or-treaters. She also created a simple Instagram reel of her wearing the mask and providing details about the power of red light therapy in the description. This is a simplified version of the overall strategy, but you get the idea, right? We started with one main goal and then let that drive the rest of our efforts. We created the same sort of campaign for a few different high-priced, more education-needed products. The result? She actually sold these products on her website and in her spa, something that didn't really happen all that often before. Now she's just getting started with this type of intentionality, so we're just scratching the surface to get her comfortable with the process and to see how it all comes together. A few other things to keep in mind is that she also has a skincare quiz that's used for lead generation and her automated emails such as browse and checkout abandonment and post purchase are all set up which add to the experience for the customer. So let's put ourselves in the shoes of the customer. What might this look like from their perspective? So I'm the customer and I get an email talking about the benefits of red light therapy and then a link to go read more on this blog post. So I go to the blog post and now it's going deeper into the benefits of red light therapy and it's talking specifically about this red light therapy mask that they sell. And I'm able to go look at that product directly from the blog post. So I click the link and I go to the product page. I see the price though and it makes me hesitate. So I don't take any action on the product page. Then, a couple of hours later, I receive an email that reminds me about that red light mask I was checking out, but I'm still unsure, so I don't take any action from the email either. But I happen to have an appointment at the spa to get my nails done because it's holiday season, and when I walk in the door, one of the first things I see is that damn red light therapy mask sitting on the shelf behind the counter. So I can either ask them more questions about it and end up purchasing it right there on the spot. But you know what? I'm actually in a rush and I don't have time to dive deeper right now. So I just want to do more of my own research. I end up going home, checking out the website again, and this time I add the item to my cart. Then guess what happens? I start getting checkout abandonment emails that walks me through the power of this product, overcomes my objections, reminds me of the return policy. So if I decide that I don't like it, I can totally return it and removes all of the risk and concern I was having. So I go ahead and I place an order for the LED light mask. Now, when it comes to implementing this in your own business, how you approach it is gonna depend a bit on what you sell and who you sell it to. But the overall concept is the same. If you have a small product assortment, like our first example, you can create a solid evergreen campaign and then just build out each one of the touch points. If you have a lot of different products, like my client example, Then I recommend you create mini campaigns throughout the year and focus on specific products or collections so you can create cohesive content across all of your marketing channels. For instance, if you're a clothing boutique, you would want to line this up with the seasons and the holidays. So in January, you'd focus your messaging around Valentine's Day. In March and April, you talk about a transitional wardrobe, like how to adapt those new spring pieces you want while it's still chilly outside. And then in summer, you focus on travel and pool parties. I worked with another client recently who sells a lot of gift items, including crystals, astrological items, so she can create campaigns around the different astrological seasons and moon cycles. No matter what you sell, there is usually an opportunity to do both. Set up your evergreen marketing, but layer in those seasonal and holiday relevant messages. There's no one right way to do this. And you don't have to have all the same touch points as someone else. In the glasses example, there was no blog touch point like we saw with my client. And you can start with just a few and add more in as you become more sophisticated with your marketing or start investing in things like ads and direct mail. Let me give you an example from my previous gig. And This example is centered around Valentine's Day, which was a big, if not bigger season than Q4 for us. So it was a really important marketing campaign. So at the top, we have our main objective, create a marketing campaign around Valentine's Day. And it all starts with what are the key products we're going to push during this time. We'll choose one or two novelty items and we'll run a three for X dollar amount panty deal just like they do at Victoria's Secret. And of course, there will be some other new gifty items and things we bring in just for the Valentine's Day season like you would with Christmas and holiday to encourage impulse buys and increase that AOV. We'll partner up with our vendors to either get better wholesale pricing for increased quantity purchases. Maybe we'll ask for approval to offer a discount on a minimum advertised price. We might do a co-op advertising deal where they foot some of the advertising bill. Or maybe we do a giveaway of their product and ask them to provide the product to us for free versus it coming out of our budget. And there's a lot of different ways you can go about partnering with your vendors. Then comes the creative, and that starts with the seasonal photo shoot. Not only does it dictate the vibe of the visuals, but we're also going to make sure that it supports our initiatives for the season and features the products we're selling or at least make sense to promote those products. Because these are the images that we're going to use across all of our marketing, which includes our website, our store windows, direct mail, email, social, even our billboards. This way, no matter where the customer sees it or how many times they come in contact with it, it's all cohesive and sends the same overarching message. And we're going to have a little fun with it. We're going to mix it up each year and follow the current trends in the marketplace. When Fifty Shades was all the rage, you can be sure we leaned a bit more toward that vibe. Okay, so now we've got all the high-level things in place, so it's time to plan out what that's going to look like across the rest of our channels. First comes visual merchandising, both in-store and online. That means store windows and entryways, departments within the store, and even the impulse fixture by the cash register. Then on the site, we update the homepage, create our gift guide, which is going to be the main landing page for all of our marketing. Those products I mentioned earlier, the ones that we're probably partnering with the vendors on, those are getting pushed to the top of our generic collections to ensure they are getting seen by our customers. We create blog posts about helping people plan their perfect Valentine's Day, picking the perfect lingerie, recipes for a sexy at-home dinner, how to enjoy the holiday as a single person. And then this content all gets disseminated to our emails and social along with product and promotional features and even some evergreen content. We also did things like radio ads and direct mail to our local rewards customers, encouraging them to come visit our stores. And there are a lot of small things you can do to amp up the experience and just surprise and delight your customers. We offered double rewards points weekends, had gift wrapping options, and included hang tags in the store to direct people to the hottest selling items or staff picks. We knew not everyone was going to be comfortable coming to ask for help. We offered educational workshops in store that made a really great date night, and we did eventually start offering them virtually as well to better support the e-commerce division. We even partnered with vendors to get samples of other products that we could stick in people's e-commerce orders to encourage them to try something new, just like beauty brands do, right? We wanted to take advantage of that increased traffic. Unfortunately, due to the nature of what we sold, we couldn't do paid remarketing, but that would have added another really valuable layer. Are you seeing how this is all coming together? There's really no limit to how deep you can go. And remember, you don't have to go this deep from day one. Just get in the habit of planning your content around your main initiatives to start and then layer it in. And look, I know you're listening to this and you're thinking, damn, that sounds like a lot of work. And it is. But the more you do it, the better you get at it and the more impactful it becomes. And I share this not to overwhelm you, but to show you the importance of that internal structure and that it's okay if you just cherry pick a few items to get started and slowly build up to something so in depth, but also so you can see what's actually possible. And look, you have to start somewhere. So here are a few tips and tricks to make it easier. One, start where you're at. As I've already touched on, you don't have to come out of the gate with a full-fledged campaign that uses every single possible marketing channel available to you. Get in the habit of showing up more cohesively and powerfully where you're already at. As you get more practice and dial in the workload, you can slowly start to expand to other channels and layer in more complex tactics. Two, ramp up internal communication. As I mentioned in the beginning, having larger teams comes with its own set of challenges. Communication and staying on the same page, number one. Think about how many people were involved in this process. You had the buyers who managed the product piece and communication with the vendors, and there were different buyers for different departments. Then you have the marketing team who managed the photo shoot concept, the execution, local and paid advertising like radio and direct mail. You had the visual merchandiser who had to create the window concept and in-store setup, then each store had to implement it. You had me who worked with the graphic designer to translate the vision to our digital properties and set up the website. I also planned and executed all the email marketing and the social media content. And then you had the people at the top whose main concern is the bottom line that we all had to answer to. There were a lot of moving parts to this, a lot of people to keep coordinated and on the same page. Oh, and I forgot to mention the blog writers and the paid ad agency who I had to keep in contact with and make sure they were all on the same page too. That's why this internal communication and collaboration is so important. And when being a small team does pay off because there's fewer people to keep in the loop. Two, lean on technology to bring your data together. Lucky for us, our e-commerce website was on Shopify, but our brick-and-mortar stores were too sophisticated for Shopify's POS system. The good news is we were able to integrate that data with Klaviyo and had a central customer system so we could see who was shopping where and when. If you're listening to this podcast, I assume you don't have 30-plus brick-and-mortar locations, if you have any at all. If you do have one or a handful of brick and mortar locations, though you can totally use Shopify's POS system and a platform like Klaviyo to keep all that data centralized so that you can make sure you're not bombarding people with emails who just made a purchase in your brick and mortar store the previous day. The other great thing about platforms like Klaviyo is you can even use all the data you have about your customers to build custom audiences in Facebook and Google. This can be an amazing tool, especially when it comes to your remarketing efforts. I also recommend you try and utilize the SMS functionality in the email platform you use instead of a separate platform. Even though these platforms say they integrate with the email platforms, in most cases they only sync subscriber emails and names, not any of their associated data. So you don't have insight into who did or didn't engage with an email or an SMS and vice versa. I also recommend you look at how you're handling your customer service, especially if you have a high volume of inquiries. Utilizing a tool such as Gorgeous, which integrates beautifully with Clavio, will let you exclude anyone who might have an open support ticket from your current marketing campaign. If you've got a customer that's annoyed with you, the last thing they want is to be sold to. Number three, utilize segmentation. Segmentation is a word you hear a lot when it comes to email marketing, but there are other ways to utilize segmentation in your product-based business. I also encourage you to think beyond the person who bought product A might be interested in product B type of segmentation and think more in customer-centric terms. For instance, if you do have a brick and mortar store or local presence, use local segments to show different ads that encourage in-store visits, to show promotional pop-ups on your website to promote your buy online, pick up in store options, or even to promote in-store exclusive deals and products. You can also use segmentation to identify VIP customers or the most active reward members to offer them special perks. Or maybe you go in the opposite direction and use segmentation to identify who hasn't joined your rewards program yet and offer them a double rewards event to encourage them to sign up. One of my favorite ways to utilize segmentation is to identify who has been engaging with me but hasn't made their first purchase yet. Then I can create a campaign specifically for them to encourage them to place their first order. This would even let you ramp up specific channels for those people, say paid advertising and direct mail, so you can increase your touch points with them, shorten their time to purchase, but not have to spend your advertising dollars on your entire audience. There are so many ways you can slice and dice this. If you're just getting started with this concept, again, start with the evergreen stuff. Make sure you've got your email automation set up, get comfortable segmenting by the customer life cycle, review your tech to make sure it's set up to serve you and consider potentially investing in some remarketing ads. Once you have those basics in place, then you can start creating the promotional marketing campaigns. Start off small and slowly add in more layers as you get the hang of it, have more data to work with, more people to help you, more bandwidth, etc. And don't be afraid to get help if you need it. I'm always here through one-off strategy calls if you want to brainstorm what a campaign would look like for you. Or you can join the lounge membership. That's a really great way to consistently get my brain on your business, get support from Nicole, my co-host on ad strategy, and get support and encouragement from your peers. Even if you don't have a big internal team, which like I said, can be as much of a curse as it is a blessing, you don't have to go at this alone. And with so many awesome technology platforms that can help you automate a lot of this, there's a lot you can set up once and just have it work for you on autopilot. Remember that while this sounds complicated on the surface, it's really just a collection of strategic decisions and rinse and repeat tactics that you slowly optimize over time. Anyone can do this when you have the right step by step. Start off small, build it up as you go. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you again so much for spending your time with me today. I super duper appreciate it. I hope you're having a wonderful 2023 and I'll see you on the flip side, friend.